0: Hello, Kings fans, and welcome to a special edition of Kings Talk presented by Cap City Crown, the comeback episode, because that's exactly what the Kings are going to have to do if they want to win this series against the Warriors. It was the Warriors at first that needed to make a comeback, but you know what? After losing three straight, now the Kings are down 3-2 in the series as it heads back to Golden State for a pivotal game six. Winner, go home, really, for the Kings. Ah. <sighs> Man, it, it everything looks so good. <laughs> Started off the series up 2-0. But hey, you, you know what you're going to get into when you're taking on the defending champions. And the Warriors are showing that they still got what it takes. But hey, the series isn't over yet. I'm still slightly optimistic. John, what about you? How are you feeling?
1: Uh, I don't pretend to have a crystal ball. I mean, I feel like there's hope for the Kings and there's obviously reason to be concerned. All I can say is I really do hope hope it goes seven games it's the most watched first
0: round series right like ever i think so i think game four was like the most watched first round game in the last 35 years i want to say so the nba would agree with us that the, they wanted to go seven games
1: as well so that's in the king's favor so that that might play out well we'll mm-hmm. see but uh yeah i I don't know. I mean, still, to lose at home, you know, a game where you could have put yourself up 3-2, put yourself in a really good position, and you lose the game for a couple of different reasons, but mainly because you turn the ball over 19 times for 19 points off those turnovers. And you've seen kind of throughout the series, these are two teams that like to, quote-unquote, play fast but disciplined. And the... Warriors throughout the series have sped up, sped up, sped up and gotten more disciplined. I don't know if the Kings have necessarily sped up or slowed down. I think they're doing a decent job of trying to play the pace that they want to play. But the discipline feels like it's dropped off. Not significantly, but significant enough to put them in a position where they've lost three in a row and they're down three 2 have to go on the road and play in one of the tougher buildings to play in and win a game. But still, even despite all that, it, it's hard to be like, to, it's hard to write these kings off. So still, 19 I, turnovers was kind of ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's extremely, extremely ridiculous. And you were saying they're playing, you know, the, the game plan is fast, fast yet disciplined. They are not disciplined at all. And it's so significant. you were using that word. It's like it's making me think, do they really need to slow it down? I feel like they've really not been that good in transition on the fast break as of late. A lot of turnovers. A lot of, a lot of turnovers when they should be scoring, too. So, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Do you think they're playing too fast? Or do you think the Warriors um, have just figured them out? Well, like it's always a fine line, playing fast.
1: I mean, that's what makes that phrase so compelling, is it's such a fine line between playing fast and doing it right and then kind of venturing off into the undisciplined area. I mean, they scored 14 fast break points. It was the second lowest fast break point total for the Kings in this of any of the games in this series. And I, I mean, I feel like they they can't put them. They can't. I feel like they can't slow down. Because then, what do you like? What What's the game plan when you slow it down? You just gotta play in the half court and Yeah. And <laughs> really, I mean that's and it. give it to Domas in the high paint where he's gonna just you know, go through his reads and then go at Looney and not get a foul call or uh miss a shot. I mean Yeah. I, this is not the time to get away from the way you play, I don't think. Now, I mean I think that it's probably something you have to consider everything at this point, but I don't know if slowing slowing it down necessarily. Is the way I feel like if anything you probably want to speed it up and go go smaller maybe, I mean the Warriors went smaller it really worked out for them. Now granted they're still playing a lot of their quote unquote big lineup which where their big lineup is not very big it's just you know you use that phrase when Draymond and Looney are on the floor together, but I don't know I mean slowing it down would be kind of difficult I feel like the one of the things that I feel like happened was. the the warriors just started kind of playing the passing lanes a little better in the second half. I mean, the the Kings had 14 assists at halftime, which was actually a pretty high total because they've been kind of limited in terms of ball distribution, uh mm-hmm. mainly because of Sabonis. And then they were just they, they they only managed four in each of the final two quarters, which is not a lot. So, I don't know, I feel like the way you beat that is you almost have to just be faster and smarter. And that sounds so like hollow because it's just like well we'll see if that happens i mean that's easier said than done but slowing it down i feel like we'll just play right into the, the warriors hands
0: yeah and that's fair i just i just feel like they've just been i mean of course they just need to be more disciplined on the fast break and and i don't know it's just been frustrating to watch him i think Domas in the fast break has been especially tough to watch i feel like he's turning it over a lot he's getting stripped all the time he's not I mean, I think it's just him getting stripped a lot in the fast break. I feel like he's a turnover machine once he's handling the ball. I almost want him just like, all right, just give it to a guard at this point. We know you're capable of it, but I just don't feel like he's shown it this series whatsoever. The Warriors, I don't know if he's holding the ball too low or what, but man, he's like a turnover machine, like getting stripped and whatnot. And it's frustrating to watch, really. It's like, all right, like, let's, let's I mean, I, I get he's our best player. Or you can even say it's Fox now, right? We've had this debate all year, but I don't know. I <laughs> the playoffs I, is a different breed. It kind of feels like, yeah, it's Fox for trust. sure. But uh, I, man, I think I think it's I think he has to stop bringing it up in the fast break. I think that's got to come to an end. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I, I don't know. I don't know if you see differently, but I feel like he's just a turnover machine. I and mean, he plays fast in I think the open
1: court. If we're talking about a thing where the Kings don't need to slow down, they need to play faster. I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand with it. I mean, watch how the game ended. I mean, we'll get into the finger issue because it was interesting that Monk was the guy that was kind of handling everything at the very end. And he was doing a decent job of getting downhill, distributing the ball, trying to move it around get to the rim. Um, Far better than he did in the previous game where it seemed like he warranted that comment from Mike Brown about just running into bodies and trying to look for calls. So I think... You know, Just trying to get it into your faster players' hands, into your playmakers' hands. I mean, Sabonis is a playmaker, but the speed element of it, I think, does get in the way. And the Warriors have successfully bothered him, both, like you said, in transition on the fast break and in the half court. It's not just Looney. I think Gary Payton II had a fantastic game last night, and part of the reason he did is just – I think he had a couple of steals from Sabonis. Probably, I know one – came in the exact situation where we you're talking about where Sabonis got the ball, put the ball on the floor when he probably should have just gone up with it considering the fact that GP2 just snagged it from him. So I think there's something to say and you could play faster while also maybe not trying to rely on Sabonis as the, the central passing figure, especially in a fast break setting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just so difficult to, Kind of zero in on what exactly you need from Sabonis and what situation it seems like, but all I know is at the very end of the game, just playing with a decent sense of pace and trying to use the pick and roll and use your playmakers like Monk and hopefully Fox and just try to you know play fast and make the right play. I mean it's just difficult because it's really tough when your shots aren't falling. Uh, Mike Brown said both before and after the game on. Um, Wednesday that uh, I think Luke Lux or someone on the assistant coaching staff told him that analytics are showing that the Kings are generating the cleanest looks from three, but they're only shooting like 30%. So, I mean, like in terms of prescriptions for that, I don't know what you're supposed to do. You just keep shooting. You keep trying to do the things you try to do. And it's like, it sounds so, again, it sounds so hollow and like pointless, but it's just like, you just got to play
0: more disciplined. Yeah. And, and, and I think going into that, it's like, yeah, they're getting clean looks from three. It's like, especially I see in like Fox, it's like that dude's jacking up way too many threes. I don't care how clean that look is. Like he shot what he went three for 10 on, uh, on Wednesday. It's like, man, like why you, why are you shooting 10 threes dude? Like, yeah, he knocked down his first three, I think. Right. Right off the bat, but you're missing your next seven. And it's like, you know, the Kings what finished the game two for 22, but all all series long, he's been jacking up threes and he had a nice first game from long, but I mean, of course you want Barnes and Herder to shoot um, and the shooters. But I know, especially for Fox, it's like, dude, stop, stop leaving behind that line. They, they want you to shoot that. Like that's a bad shot at the end of the day. You're not that he doesn't hit it high enough at a high enough clip. So, I mean, I guess that goes into being disciplined and, not letting them do what they want you to do, like yeah. Fox shooting ten threes. But I think the interesting
1: thing with the three point shooting is it's like there's this weird, like, <laughs> the generating open, like the open looks that they're generating. Yeah, I wouldn't think of Fox's looks as those. Yet Fox has been the, and this is an issue. Uh, Fox has been the best three point shooter in terms of consistency and volume. I mean, like you could make the argument Keegan Murray is shooting the highest percentage from three, but Throughout all five games, Fox has been the best three-point shooter, which is a problem. And like you said, the Warriors would welcome him shooting threes. And if nobody else is hitting them, that is all the more true. Because, you know, the Warriors lost game one. And as you might expect from a championship experienced team, Steve Kerr is just like, yeah, you know, if Fox is going to shoot four of eight from three and finish the night four of four, as he did in game one, you just got to play the odds. He's not going to shoot like that all the time. And, you know, that is definitely true. I don't know, he started off three of three in the first quarter in game five. The Warriors, I mean, the Kings rather, started eight of 12 as a team. And, you know, two of 22 to finish the last three quarters. And there was no doubt, it seemed like in Steve Kerr, in the Warriors' mind, that that was kind of how it was going to play out. Tony Harvey went to uh, Steve Kerr's press conference and asked him about the three-point shooting and asked him what his message was after that first quarter going eight of 12. He said, just stay with it. They're not going to shoot like this the whole game. I mean, they've had their finger on the pulse in terms of that the whole time. And so like they're generating clean looks. It's, it's weird because it's like I, they need to keep taking the threes that like when you do get a look for Murray or on the rare occurrence where Herder gets one up, you got to still keep taking those. But I do think there's something to be said about Fox not settling on threes, because he like I said, he went three for three, and then he ended up going what o for? Did you say for oh for seven?
0: Oh uh, for seven? Yeah, I think he went three for ten and finished the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's just
1: ah, it's difficult. He was still
0: somehow better than Steph Curry. <laughs> went two yeah, Curry three. had a terrible, he had a
1: terrible night from three, but he still scored thirty one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy's really good. <laughs> yes, I don't know if you crazy. heard of him. Yeah, Steph Curry, Stephen, Stephen Curry? Curry. My aunt would call him that. She called him that for years because she was just like reading it. Oh, God, Stephen Curry guy's really, really doing this stuff. Steph. Steve, Steph. Steve Curry's. It's, it's Stephen. But I mean, you do sound like an idiot when you're like, "No, it's not Stephen. It's Stephen." It's like if someone told me that for the first time, I'd be like, "You're fucking with me. It's not <laughs> Stephen." <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it's that's kind of weird. It's like it's like calling someone Sean seen. It's like not Scene, dude. It's spelled that way. Sian. Sian? What's up, Sian? My favorite cheese is (laughs) Parmesan. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, I mean, talking about Steph Curry a little, unless you had more to go into. No. um, Because there's been a lot of issues in, (laughs) clearly, the last three games. Um, And, I mean, this is something we were kind of preaching, going into the series and why we thought, I mean, we both predicted that... um, the series would be over by now. No, I said. I said Warriors and six. I might be right, but um, <laughs> but like, it Sam, something that the Kings, well, the biggest question mark was the Kings' defense going into the series, and it looked good the first two games. But man, the Warriors just seem to be eating the Kings alive on the offensive end lately. And I mean, specifically, just looking at the pick and roll situation with Steph Curry and Looney or Draymond, it's, it just feels like an automatic dunk on the weak side every time. If you don't know what I'm referencing, just, you know, Looney sets the screen for Curry. Usually Sabonis or Lynn, who's ever the center, has to double Steph so he doesn't have a wide open three while the guard, usually Mitchell or Fox, works around the screen. And then Looney leaks out. And then whoever the weak side defender has to come guard Looney. And then the guy on the wing... This has a wide open dunk and Looney just dishes it to him. And it's funny because Looney, and we were talking about Sabonis kind of struggling, and Looney's actually out-rebounding and out-assisting Sabonis this series so far. Um, And I mean, he's getting all those assists because of that play right there. But that's clearly just been a huge issue and this Kings cannot seem to stop it. Do you have any solutions to this, John? Well, just to preface
1: it, I mean, like Fox said after the game, this team has been doing that for so long. They draw the double. Curry, Clay, even Jordan Poole they'll draw the double. You can look at the recap on CapCityCrown.com, and uh, you can get some a taste a taste for some of these examples. And they hit the roller, and they have that two on one situation on the back end. And uh, I don't know if the Kings stopped them once in that situation. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you try to stop him <laughs> honestly you can't. like you see either barnes or murray there's the low man and all of a sudden it's just like well either i'm gonna guard this guy or he's gonna pass it to this guy i mean like yeah. it's, it's two on one it's just the odds are it's not useless. in your favor in any, yeah. in any way and so like what's the solution to that i mean i don't know i mean maybe uh because it's weird it did not seem like they ate the Kings live with that play as much in the other games. It felt like it was, it, it's happened here and there. It's been a few times. I think when it's shifted to golden state, you saw it a little bit more, but it just seemed like last night, the floodgates opened in that department, especially because the Warriors, like the King shot below 30% from three, but solutions to that, um, either force the Warriors into taking a three and hope they miss, which you don't do, or maybe try to play smaller. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's that's it, cause it's not even like the big man is the issue there. Because like, no, no matter who's there, is going to be you have to double and step up on those kinds of shooters. Hmm. Or
0: uh, well, you don't double and you just switch like you said and go small and then let the guard just make sure Looney doesn't catch a clean pass. And so the yeah. low man can at least stay on his man on the wing. Yeah, I mean that's the only the corner. That's the only solution at that point. I mean. If if it if it gets that bad again, I mean I, I just think you have to bring in like Metu. And it's because I mean he's the only guy capable, center, capable of playing on the perimeter. Or I think you were saying earlier, uh before the podcast, Kessler Edwards, maybe maybe use him as like a power forward or something. I mean I if you're know. gonna go if you're gonna go small, you might as well just go small. Like <laughs> go yeah, real small. I, like screw metu, go with go with K E. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind him just, on staff. I mean, it'd be a good switch. I mean, you're honestly you,
1: what we're talking about here is the the Warriors just they're going to force Kings into swarm mode and scramble mode. And if that's going to be the case, you're going to have a far better opportunity scrambling at that back end two on one disadvantage. You know, if you have uh, mobile players and. Edwards is versatile and lengthy enough to make an impact. Would it be a sure thing? No, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like you kind of got to, I would, I mean, like, is Mike Brown going to stick with the same nine guys in this game? I don't imagine. So I think you're going to see Kessler Edwards in a little bit more of a role outside of just closing out a quarter for a few seconds to, you know, be on the defensive end, or you might see Terrence Davis, but that kind of goes more towards the keeping your fingers crossed on the three point shooting. because. Terrence Davis is a earnest defender, um, but sometimes his efforts don't always pay off. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, like Metu, maybe. I mean, you have to think about that first time they played the Warriors and Metu went out there for the fourth quarter and basically earned his, his colors for the season and his opportunity to get, you know, chances at the backup five by being able to allow the Kings to switch. But it's just like, is there no momentum behind i mean like is he going to just be able to come in and make an impact to the playoffs See, i don't think metu's ever been in the playoffs he's only played mop-up time so far in this series so it's just like i don't know honing in like zeroing in on one solution is difficult i think you're right you just kind of have to throw the kitchen sink at him at this point i mean do you have any hunches do you think it is kind of a you know, do you, do you see less of Lynn in this game? Do you even see less of Sabonis? Because if we're talking about Sabonis being limited as a passer, I mean, it's not even like he's dominating the boards either, <laughs> to, to be fair. Yeah. Um,
0: um, I don't think you see less of Sabonis, unfortunately. No, I don't think you will unfortunately. either. He's Sabonis. Um, right. I mean, if anything, I think, yeah, I, I think maybe Lynn, unfortunately, gets to boot. I, I mean I think he's been playing well. I really like Alex Lynn, but they they need to at least go a little smaller in this series. Cuz clearly the double's not working on the shooter. They need they need a guy who can actually switch and not feel like he's a liability out there on the switch. Um whether that be Edwards or Mattu or whoever. This is where I really wish Rashawn Holmes wasn't just a total liability when <laughs> he's out there because I feel like he he's a guy who's shown that he could you know make the switch onto guards and actually defend them pretty decently. So I think he would have been a really good player um, to help solve this issue. But also just to interrupt you on Holmes,
1: like Holmes' push shot could probably be a game changer on the offensive uh, end too. He really because you just think
0: about all the open space there at the free throw line. That's, that's so true. Like, it, maybe uh, maybe we see some Holmes action. I doubt it, but yeah, I doubt it too. Watch Holmes just have like a redemption arc, just in Game Six. That'd be crazy. He just starts
1: every game for the rest of the playoffs. Kings go to the championship. Monty game McNair Six, trades Rich. Trades, trades,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> trades Sabonis back to <laughs> Indiana.
0: <laughs> Holmes is just he's just the new center again. That's why you guy. should never bench me. But really, I don't know. It was it's, just it's, if that happens again in game 6, well, I guess we won't be having a game 7. That's all I can say. That was absolutely awful to watch. <laughs> you're just like you it's funny just watching like Morier Barnes down there. Yeah. It's like, like going oh, through man. the I was
1: going through the tape last night. It's just there was this one, it was one of the times where Looney didn't even have to pass it because it's just like, "Oh, I'm just going to take it to the rim." And you can see yeah. Barnes kind of like starting back and forth because he got green to his right and then he has like Looney up in front of him to his left. He's just like, what do I do? And then Looney had just too much space. Yeah, yeah. there's there another one. Where Murray came up and he was going to like take a charge. And I think he kicked it out. to Looney kicked it out just to right where uh, Murray had come from to GP2 on the, on the corner coming down the baseline. And it's just like, well, shit, <laughs> there's just nothing. It was just like kind of funny to see Murray there in that like, let me take the charge position. No contact at all. Just the layup going up over his head.
0: Yeah, that was that was really rough. I mean, that's a high
1: movement. We talked about it coming into this series. This team is high movement, both in player movement and ball movement. And last night was the worst case scenario for that, in terms of the King's perspective. It was beautiful to watch in one way, but it was also just painful to watch as well, from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, and it's like also you know the Warriors are. They've been susceptible to turnovers all season. Um, and they were turning it over. Like, I think they had 15 in the first game, 20 in the second game. And then they went back to Golden State and uh, at the Chase Center had 11 turnovers each. And so there was an opportunity coming back home with the home crowd to put the Warriors in a position with physical defense and active defense with your hands and whatnot to try to force them into one of their biggest weaknesses, which is bound to happen with any team that has that much movement going on. And not only did the Kings commit 19 turnovers themselves, the Warriors only committed 14. And I think the majority of those came in the first half, only by a slight margin, it looks like. But, you know, the Kings' defense is just not, even beyond guarding the pick and roll, like now it's just... It's 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 not even getting the like forcing the Warriors into, I guess, the weaknesses, whereas it seems like the Warriors defense has the Kings right where they want them for the most part, you know, which is basically like let Fox do what he wants mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And then meanwhile, on the other side, it's just everybody's getting involved for the Warriors. Not really much to go off of there. That's more of a comment than anything. <laughs> yeah. But
0: yeah. um I did like, talk-
1: Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I was going to change the subject,
0: but if you have more yeah. to say.
1: I was just going to say, like, but you have – and it's just, like, kind of going off on Golden State's defense. It's just, like, Wiggins, Looney, Draymond are doing everything you expect. You know, Dante DiVincenzo didn't have a great game, but he had a few steals the other night. Like I said, Gary Payton second had a huge second half, um, especially with Klay Thompson and foul trouble. Klay had a pretty – Decent couple of defensive games these last couple of games. Even Jordan Poole, like I think he had like two steals in the matter of 30 seconds, kind of just poking the ball away. It's not really great defense as it is, just a nice hands play. But I don't know, it's just different trajectories for these defenses, it feels like, um, particularly mm-hmm. over the last three in the last game. It's just so blatant with that. Um, but what, what were you, uh, what corner were you turning there?
0: I was going to turn it to a guy you had mentioned second before that. And that was De'Aaron Fox um, because he it was his first game with that broken tip index finger, broken index finger at the tip. He looked fine. I think it started bothering him at the end. He, I mean, he made his first three threes, but didn't really do anything after that. I don't know. How, how did you think he looked in that game?
1: He, he, exactly like you said. I mean, I think he played about three, you know, he had 17 points at halftime. Um, on a pretty efficient clip, and then ended up finishing the game on a not-so-efficient clip, mostly because he went 0-6 in the fourth quarter. So I think, because he was, on Tuesday after practice, he was talking about, like, yeah, dribbling and passing's fine. Shooting's the one question, and more than anything, like, not only getting used to the splint, he was kind of alluding to a pain tolerance, like, how can I shoot and limit the pain? So my feeling was that it's just like, after a certain point, like he'd worked that finger so much that it started to bother him or and, or I should say in the third quarter, there were a couple of like ambitious defensive plays and almost one of which almost worked out. I mean, at the end of the third quarter, he tried to make that steal from Draymond. He got whistled for the foul. He had that demonstrative swipe of the air and uh, almost got teed up. It seemed like, but he went for the ball with his left hand. He was Falling to the floor with Draymond uh, holding himself up to prevent himself from lying, you know, falling face flat on the on the floor. Maybe something happened there. Maybe another play. There was um, an instance early in the fourth where he poked the ball away, and then there was a transition break, and he was not part of that break because he's he kind of went over to the sideline for a second and kind of nursing that finger. He clearly heard it on the steal, and um, so there's no doubt. It started to mess with him, and I think there was a hu- that was a huge reason why you saw Malik Monk kind of take the reins at the end of the game, which he did an admirable job. But you know, you'd obviously like to see Fox in that situation. And you ask Fox after the game about how'd you feel. I mean, he's going to tell you what he, you know, what you'd expect. It's, I'm fine. Like he's not going to make excuses. Most players, most high talent players like that, are not going to do that. But if you ask Mike Brown about it, like, did that start to bother him? And Mike Brown was kind of like, eh, you know, like hesitant at first. And he was like, yeah, no doubt. It definitely started to bother him. And just kind of going through that, I mean, the first two and three quarters of the game, like in terms of the going about midway to the end of the third quarter, he seemed fine. I don't think he shot insanely well in the third quarter, but he was still hitting shots, mostly from the mid range. I don't know. It just seems like there comes like a there's a threshold at some point maybe on shot attempts or maybe it happened on one of those contact plays. I don't know. It'll be really. I, so it's like in that sense, I really don't know how he's going to be
0: for game six. You know what I mean? Like, do you see it similarly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he needs to, like you said, maybe not go after he, he needs to protect that finger a little better. It's like, you love the hustle and whatnot, but I mean, that, that ball with Draymond on the ground, it's like, dude, there's like a, a two seconds left in the quarter. Like, even if you get that ball, you're just going to jack up a random half-court shot. But no, it's like, okay, you fouled the guy on top of maybe hurting your finger, sending him to the line. Um, I think he just needs to tone it down a little because he has to protect that, that finger. Like, he as much as he wants to hustle, it's like, you're our best scorer. Like, yeah, keep that finger intact. That's a great point,
1: though, about the fact that, like, you got to see the bigger picture there. It's like... He did a good job disrupting Draymond because Draymond's winding down the clock and he's going to pass it off. And then he made a nice play on the pass, but like you said, there was like two and a half seconds on the clock at that point. And, you know, it just seemed like the big picture view was blocked out there, both in terms of his finger, both in terms of the fact that he had another technical already. He could have gotten ejected. So in that sense, maybe there needs to be an awareness thing that comes into play. I think you're right. I mean, you want to see him you not only want to see him put in that hustle on defense, you need that. But man, you also need him to be the guy at the end of the game. And you can't have him, you know, banging his finger on everything to the first three quarters of the game, only to get to the fourth and shoot over for six and you know, essentially be a non factor. Which he admitted to. I mean, he said he needs to be better in the fourth quarter, and it almost seems like and I agree with you. It seems like you're saying the prescription is maybe preserve yourself so that you can be effective in the fourth quarter. He did himself a disservice, um, almost playing too hard. But I don't know. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to tell a guy to take a foot off the gas <laughs> pedal. You know, it's yeah. like what Mike Brown said. It's like we're gonna ride with Fox. We're gonna go as far as he can. He can and wants to take us.
0: Yeah, and I mean that's what you have to do, but depending on how far he can take you is really going to depend on how good that finger is. Unfortunately, no matter how tough he wants to play. True. Very true. And that's why maybe like,
1: uh, maybe that is another good opportunity to get like Kessler Edwards in the game. Because like, obviously you wouldn't want him to go in sub for Fox. They're not in the same position and whatnot, all that, but maybe to get a different look up front at the point of attack and not put that on Fox's shoulders as much. I mean, obviously when Davion's in the game, Davion handles, you know, Curry as an assignment and whatnot, but maybe try to take that defense on the point of attack load off of Fox's shoulders.
0: Yeah. Good point.
1: Maybe. I don't know. But again, it's like, can you prevent Fox from being Fox? Can you stop Fox from trying to be himself? That's probably a more difficult task,
0: you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's tough. I think he did well though. I mean he didn't play well in the fourth, but I mean for having a broken finger, I think he played well. What more could you ask for? Exactly. But I'm gonna switch the topic up once more. You asked me on Monday, or I don't even think you asked me. I think I just said that Wednesday and we disagreed on this. It was I said it was not a must win game. You said it was, I said it wasn't. And sure enough, they did not win. Um, and I'm still okay with that. I think, I mean, of course, you have to win two straight to keep your season alive, essentially, to win the series. But I, I guess I didn't see it as a must-win because this team, I believe that they can win on the road to force a Game 7. And of course, a Game 7 is a must-win, and any elimination game is a must-win. That's a no-brainer. But I just think this team has... Been so good and they've been so resilient. They've been, they've handled adversity so well. I saw Cameron Salerno uh, tweeted that I think the Kings lost three straight, three times this season, and they went on to win back to back each time. I mean, I get it, it's the regular season a little different, but it's a resilient team. If anyone can do it, and and especially in a must win game, especially with De'Aaron Fox on your team, regardless of a broken finger or not. I think they can go into the chase center and force a game seven to send it back home. What do you think?
1: I mean, I I totally agree with you. I mean, in that sense, there's no reason to think that the Kings have no chance. I mean, they certainly have a chance and I wouldn't put anything past them. And you know, it maybe doesn't speak for much, but they have five playoff games under their belt. They have some experience now. It's not crazy that they could possibly win their first playoff road game it's the third opportunity to go into the chase center and win a game they were one shot away from winning game four and you know like you said they they lost three straight only a few times came back out of those losing streaks and did very well i mean i think the last time they won three lost three straight outside of these three was the last three of the regular season which didn't really count for anything
0: (laughs) and then they won two straight
1: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. True. I didn't even think about that. And right. also, it, and also, it's just like I think of, like in terms of being at home and dropping a game, like they did in Game Five. It's similar, yet also vastly different, but similar to uh, the Kings not clinching a playoff berth at home in front of the home crowd against Minnesota, and then they went to New Orleans and played a. F- I think what I think Mike Brown said it was one of their most complete games. So. You know, uh, maybe they put together one of their most complete games. They're kind of going to have to. And I wouldn't, you know, it's not something I would bet on necessarily, but I definitely wouldn't bet against it. And we talked about the the Kings just being more of a wild card than anything in this playoffs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a landmine that the Warriors step on. They don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely hope. There's definitely reason to believe that uh, the Kings can – make a few adjustments, maybe make a few shots and pull out a win. Um, again, it's just like game four was not that far off from being a victory. You know, so mm-hmm. shoot. Who knows? Who knows? The Warriors come in and take a game on your court, go in and take a game on their court.
0: Exactly. The you, said, you said a million times that the series doesn't start until someone wins a road game. Well, here we go it's game time we, we got a series and it's tonight nice night 5 p.m it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy game it's i mean the kings really they're obviously a team built for the future but they have a they have a chance tonight to you know really say like we don't need, you know we don't need that much time we're here now we'll see if they can get a win clearly it's going to be dependent on making open three pointers will kevin herter show up to play will harrison barnes show up to play Um, at least shoot from three they kind of went down to the post with him towards the end of the game but he needs to step up defense needs to step up a lot of things need to step up but it's not out of grasp I mean it's all right there I mean if they if if they don't go two for 22 if they go like seven or eight for 22 and shoot like their season clip from three I mean they they, that game could have been theirs same Mm -hmm. same with in game four so I mean obviously it's a tough task I mean, it's not a tough task, but from what they've done so far, you can call it a tough task, but they're more than capable of hitting their open threes. See if they can do it and see if they can figure out that pick and roll. But I am exhilarated (laughs) for the game tonight. It's going to be crazy. Biggest game I've watched in 17 years, so can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be fun, just like all the other ones.
1: I mean, minus game three, but game three was still kind of fun. Hmm,
0: that's debatable. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. That was the that was the only game I did not watch the final buzzer. <laughs> I just turned that thing off. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I'm just like this is. You kind of just could tell, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be fun. You got anything else? Anything else to say? No, I just bring on the game. Bring on. Bring the game. on game six. Bring on game six, and let's hope there's a game seven. I think everyone's hoping there's a game seven except Warriors fans. It's been such a fun series so far. <laughs> Hopefully the Kings don't win the first two and lose four straight. But, hey, it's uh, we knew it was going to be a challenge coming into it. But we'll see what they can do tonight. Can they extend their season just a little longer? And you know what they say about game seven. Anything can happen. So see if they can get there first. And you can almost say that about this Kings season as a whole anything can happen very true i like that but i want to thank you all for tuning in as always to the special edition of king's talk presented by capsity crown um i hope to talk to you guys on monday uh with a second round to talk about but i guess we'll find out it all starts tonight, right so until next time have a good one